Week four is done. Week five is coming. Welcome to the No Fun League Fantasy Football Podcast. We are so excited about this week. We're looking forward to breaking down last week's matchups, which came to the end, and we're looking forward to next week's matchups as well. We also are interviewing one of our very own league members this week as a new segment that we will continue. Uh, We're really excited about it. So let's go ahead and get going. Okay, let's get started. So we're going to go ahead and break down our week four matchups. Matt, this week was definitely way more competitive. We had four games last week that were decided by 30-plus points, and this week we only had one. Yeah, it was uh, much lower scoring. I think last week might have been one of the highest-scoring fantasy weeks, and this one it kind of came back down to real, you know, to real fantasy scoring. Yeah, for sure. So let's go ahead and take a look at some of these matchups. We're going to go ahead and start – um, with my matchup against Bart. So uh, looking at Bart's team, the, the final score of this one was 140 to 84. Bart had a tough week in terms of injuries. It, you know, going up till sun, uh, Sunday morning even, he had several players on his roster hurt this week. I'm looking, he had uh, even some get hurt in the games. He had one, two, three, four, five players designated with an out. And so anytime you have that, it's just uh, very tough to overcome. And um, I will say, looking at his team, as far as people, real quick, how they did, I think Lamar Jackson, you know, it's important to remember fantasy quarterback versus real quarterback aside, he's becoming pretty dang matchup proof because Baltimore was behind and they just didn't look like they played very well and he still found a way to put 30 points up. And so when you're looking at Lamar's schedule going forward, um, he's the number one quarterback through four games, and he has pretty favorable matchups until week nine. So I think I think that we will continue to see him as maybe the top five kind of area just because he is just so dangerous with his legs. So I think that that has been a great addition for Ethan so far. I also just want to mention real quick that Melvin is back. Matt, I think he listened to our podcast last week because literally three hours after we posted it, he came back when I called him out. So, um, yeah, he is. I know he is making his owners happy. He's making Austin Eckler um, owners very sad. So we will have to see how quickly he gets established. I mean, Melvin is a guy who has been a top eight running back the last three seasons. So he is obviously a very, very good player. And we'll have to see how that divides up this week. Yeah, I think that, that hurt him because he started Melvin Gordon. And also what hurt him was um, was Mike Williams being out. Um, getting he's been Mike Williams had a hard start to the year. Um, yeah. I believe that will change. I think I think Mike Williams is a phenomenal receiver. I think for PPR especially, um, he's going to be good, you know. And I think it's just a matter of time before he really, you know, gets going and feels good and, and is able to do it. He's had a lot of back problems, and that's kind of, you know, showing a lot. Um, for you, you know – you 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 you've got so many players that I think that we can all kind of look at and say, man, that would be nice, a nice addition. Um, you know, but you know, the Dallas defense, our Saints defense, shut down Dallas quite a bit, which hurts you a little bit. Zeke getting sixteen and Cooper getting uh, nine point eight, and then you got Keenan Allen having nine point eight, which is surprising against Miami. I think we all thought he would have a huge game against Miami, but this is a shocking thing for me is that Cooper Cup is number two. And PPR for a wide receiver right now, and that is shocking. I mean, nobody would have predicted that. Um, I, I think he's a, probably a second-round pick in most drafts, maybe a third even. Um, but he he is outperforming everybody so far. I, I think that will continue. If he stays healthy, 
Um, he is a safety valve right now. And I think, you know, without a question that will continue. So, um, you know, that, that's really what hurt him a lot. I think just having those two players, one injured and then having Melvin Gordon, just putting up a, you know, goose egg for him, but Melvin should be back. We'll see what that load looks like this week. But I, after this week, that starts the uptick and uh, nothing but good things coming for uh, Ebart. Absolutely. I agree. And I think, you know, with Keenan Allen, he had a 65 yard touchdown called back this week. So I think that kind of hurt him. It was nullified by a penalty, but I think that game just kind of got out of hand. I've been lucky. My team's had a high floor so far this year, put up some points. Um, so let's move along to our next matchup. Um, we had Ballsy going against um, Rebel, Rebel Law. Law. Yeah, and so this was actually a game that was very tight. Came down to Monday night. Um, Rebel Law played the Steelers' defense, and they did very well. But this game ended up being 122 to 117. So just a five-point spread there is how it finished. Uh, Matt, what's some things that you saw you liked about Rebel Law? Marlon Mack is the difference. He got hurt. Um, they, you know, it doesn't sound like it's any kind of serious, but they didn't want to put him back out there. Um, and he only got him 3.9 points. You got to have more out of one of your lead backs, probably his best back. Um, and, and you've got to have something, a little more production out of him. Not to mention his receivers just did not show out um, for Ballsy. I think he got uh, 6.2, 9.1, and then 3.9. I mean, it's just, you know, really a, lack of um you know a lack of help on that end jacoby Brissett has been really really good uh this year i don't know how you ever take deshaun watson out but Brissett is going to start making him think about it because Brissett has been incredible he has been the let me look ninth number nine quarterback so far this year um i think we're all a little bit surprised about that so um no question i think you know this was a tight game all the way through um and I mean, it came down to the end, and, and we didn't know what was going to happen until the very last minute, and uh, there it is. So, yeah, Ballsy pulled it out. Yeah, like you were saying, Ballsy had some down players, but he had a couple that kind of picked him up and got this win for him. Wayne Gallman filling in for Saquon, I mean, went above and beyond what anybody could have expected, having 27 fantasy points. He looked very competent in that position, and I think he'll continue to be pretty decent. Um, I think when you look at Rebel Law's side, uh, he had Galladay showed out. He had two touchdowns. Um, he's been very good um, this year with the Lions being surprisingly good. I think that was just a heartbreaker game, but he really came to play for him. But I think, you know, he just had a couple of matchups that didn't work in his favor. You always think Julio Jones will score more than nine. Um, and Larry Fitzgerald kind of took a step back this week as well after we highlighted them last week. So close matchup, tough matchup, but Ballsy pulled it out. He, he has to love seeing Freeman, you know, put up some points. I know he didn't score a touchdown, but nine catches um, on 10 targets is, is ideal. Um, that's, you know, that's what you're hoping when you, when you draft him. He has not done much for him this year, and, and now he's finally showing him a little bit. So I'll tell you right now, a guy he has on his bench that I like a lot, I almost even sent him a trade offer is how much I like him, is Emmanuel Sanders. I think Emmanuel Sanders is going to be good going forward. That Denver, um, that, that, you know, offense has not looked great, but somehow – Emmanuel Sanders is, is, has found a way to continue to look good. So um, it's hard to keep him out of the lineup, and, uh, you know, maybe that's a difference maker for him. Yeah, no uh, no doubt. And I think Will Disley is actually somebody on the other side for Ballsy that is he, – he was a great pickup for him um, early in the year as an acquisition. He has increased his targets each week. He has at least five 
receptions, 50 yards, and a touchdown in three straight games. He's kind of filling that role that they were hoping Jimmy Graham would in Seattle, and I think he's going to be very involved going forward. So Yeah, he looks like a sleeper for the year, and I think that uh, that's something you could ride to the finish line. For sure. Okay, moving along, we had a father-son matchup with Poundtown Express and Ross the J. Um, this was one where John's team – John Jr.'s team underperformed a little bit, had some tough matchups, but uh, Rasta J pulled it out 127 to 98. And when I'm taking a look around at this, um, you know, you obviously had the Dak matchup with New Orleans where he had been on fire and it kind of came to a, a halt. You know, it was a very low scoring, very defensive game. And so that really hurt him this week. And the other obvious one to me is Adam Thielen. Um, he had been doing pretty well despite the passing volume not being very much for the Vikings so far this year. Um, but that did not come to fruition, and he actually called out Kirk Cousins this week, um, saying he needed to be better at throwing the deep ball, better at getting the passing game going. So we will see how that goes for the Vikings. They've been able to lean on their rushing game early in the season, but this week Chicago shut that down. Um, and I will say going forward for next week, you know, David Johnson – for um, Poundtown Express has been really good. I know that he's had some trouble getting the yards via the ground, but in the passing game, the last three weeks, he or three of his four weeks so far this year, he has averaged nine targets, six catches, and 60 yards a game. So he has been very involved in the passing game. I think part of that has to do with the Cardinals are trailing a lot in games and playing catch-up. And this week, he has a matchup that is very favorable going against Cincinnati who has been the third worst against running backs so far this year. Yeah, that's something that definitely you can hold on to for, for next week. I think that um, he's going to continue to do well. Um, for what I could see on the other side is, you know, first first of all, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he's had kind of a tough start to the week uh, or to the season, but he's, he's starting to show out now. Um, you know, I think, you know, you go up and down the lineup for, for Rasta and, and, you know, David Montgomery, I was listening to a podcast or something, a show. I can never remember what I listened to, but he's everybody say go. You know, if you can trade for him, trade for him. You know, they, they think highly of him. Uh, he's gonna come along. Chicago's eventually gonna have to look at him and say we have something special here, um, and we need to use it. So it's just a matter of time before we start seeing David Montgomery be what we think he will be. Freeman is a concern for me. I think that he's gonna continue to split carries, and I think slowly but surely, Lindsey is starting to uh, to really to control that offense but freeman has four catches Lindsay has one so that's a big difference you know for a ppr league so hope, we'll see what happens in the future with those two backs and see who ends up taking reins but the biggest reason why i think rasta is winning this year is as crazy as it is to say is that new england patriots defense oh for sure that new england patriots defense is the number one scoring defense in the league and and you know looking at just clicking it and looking at it right here it's Number six overall in all scoring for the league. That includes receivers, quarterbacks. It doesn't matter. It is number six overall. Wow. That is crazy, you know, to, to think, um, you know, we got games where you're putting up 30 points and 20 points. I mean, it's just been incredible for him. So, uh, no question, you know, he's got something to hold on to there. And that defense, as weird as it is to say, that defense is carrying him to wins at this point and uh, is a big reason why he's 2-2 two and two right now. Yeah, and that, that Patriots defense is averaging 18 points. 
You know, they had allowed one touchdown in the last six matchups, one offensive touchdown. They have been playing historically good. So definitely a big factor for them. Um, we keep rolling along to our next matchup. We had Bandy facing off. Oh, uh, yeah, Bandy facing off against Goon Squad. Um, this matchup ended up being 107 to 89 in favor of Goon Squad. So, Matt, what, tell us what you liked about this matchup a little bit. Well, you know, I think, you know, Goon Squad has a good team. I think Brady putting up three three points is concerning. But when, you know, when Bandy's putting up 89, it, it doesn't make much of a difference. So, you know, Kamara had a kind of a weak game. Um, and then slowly, you know, I think they, that that's going to change pretty quick, especially when Breeze comes back. But uh, he's going he's gonna, to he has to be a focal point for that offense. People are now committing to shutting him down. Well, the Saints are going to have to adjust. We'll see what happens. Um, you're looking at Robert Woods, gave him 30 points. Um, that was just a huge week for him, a huge week for the team. Obviously, the defense has really showed out by getting a couple of touchdowns um, for the teams. But Robert Woods putting up 30 is, is pretty pretty incredible. Um, Mixon, we'll see what happens with Mixon. He's been struggling this year. I think that's going to come turn around, and I think that that's just a matter of time. Um, you know, having Howard on the bench, everybody I think that I've heard of has had Howard on the bench, and Howard went off. So uh, what do you do with Howard week to week? I don't even know the answer. Miles Sanders is, is looking good. I think it's just a matter of time before he starts getting more carries. But right now, you got to ride that Howard train until, until you know, it, it messes you up. So – 32 points out of Howard on his bench is extremely difficult to swallow, but it didn't matter because he still pulled out the win. Yeah, and, you know, looking at Bandy's side, um, a player that I really, you know, I think we all like because he picked him with his first-round pick, but that is, you know, paid forward like he thought he would is Josh Jacobs. Um, He has 300 rushing yards through four games, which is projected for 1,200 for the season. He's averaging nearly five yards a carry, and he has been what Oakland needed. You know, he hasn't had his – many touchdowns just because of Oakland's offense in general. But I think that he is a player that looks pretty special. He's only 21 years old, and I think he has stepped into that role and handled it very well. I think another one, too, you know, we highlighted last week, I thought James White might have a decent game just because that Bills defense is so tough that Tom would have to dump it off a little bit. And he came through with 13.8 points. He had eight receptions for 57 yards. So even when he's not involved in the running game, um, being able to be involved as a receiver. I, I think losing Antonio Brown um, has hurt them in that regard. And so James White has picked up a little more value again as far as that goes. Yeah, and, you know, there's a couple of guys on, on Bandy's bench that, you know, Alshon Jeffrey being on his bench is kind of a tough one for me to understand. Obviously, we all have our reasons for different things. Um, and Sanu is another one. That offense uh, in Atlanta is going to be playing catch-up all year because that defense is atrocious. I mean, it is terrible. So uh, Atlanta's going to be playing catch-up constantly. And when you're playing catch-up, you can – you know, Saints fans can relate to this as well. When your defense is terrible, your offense has to put up points, and that's great for fantasy. So I think you almost have to – and that's – you know, Matt Ryan didn't have any touchdowns this week, but he had 400 yards of passing. Um You've got you almost have to ride that Atlanta Atlanta offense as long as you can for this year as well. Yep, couldn't agree more. Um, moving into our next matchup, we had um, your team, which is now haters gonna hate, <laughs> and um, versus Luda's team. Now this was a matchup that ended up. I think we picked it as our matchup of the week. 
and um, it proved to be a very, very good matchup. Uh, it really came down to last night. Um, when I was looking at your team this week, Matt, um, we'll talk a bit about it a little more in the studs and duds section, but Nick Chubb made me eat some humble pie this week. He was my dud of the week, and he was not a dud. Um, he had 165 yards, three touchdowns, 39 fantasy points. Just completely blew away the Ravens' defense. Obviously, high score for you. Um, you know, and just looking, I think Josh Allen getting hurt against the Patriots really kind of hurt you a little bit. Obviously, you thought he would be getting a few more points than that. Um, but another one I wanted to look at was Allen Robinson. He has been somebody who's actually had a very high floor. Um, he has had seven targets in every game so far this year and um he had 14.7 points for you so been very steady high floor kind of guy for you yeah and for luda you know you don't expect mahomes to have a a bad game often i think this is the first time he has not thrown a touchdown since i think it was like week 11 two years ago Mm. um and that was against uh i don't even know but he just came in and and at the very end of the season uh and, and didn't throw a touchdown so it's been almost two you know almost two years since he has not had a touchdown uh, in a game, and this was one of those year weeks, but he still got 18 points. So he's still rushing for 54 yards, passing for 315. So even in a bad week, now we know his his uh, his floor is 18, which is crazy to think about. Um, and, and then you've got you know James Conner, you know with with Rudolph and the way that that he's having to distribute everything, you know five yards and and sometimes even by you know behind the line of scrimmage. That is nothing but beneficial for those those running backs on, in a PPR league. So he had eight for eight receptions. Um, and that makes a big difference, you know. And then, obviously, Adams, we know uh, what kind of game he had. Ten receptions, 180 yards. Um, Shepard, I mean, he just had a lot of good scores. Uh, Jarvis Landry did get hurt, but before he got hurt, he got eight catches for 167 yards. So, you know, both of us scored a lot of points this week. Um, I think I was the second-highest scoring team. He was the highest-scoring team of the week. That kind of stuff happens, and that's that's fantasy football, you know, and that, that's just the way it goes. But – I did, you know, we both projected Luda to take the win this week, and uh, he did not disappoint. Yeah, he, um, you know, Luda was sitting at one and two, so a big, huge win for him to get back to two and two. Obviously, his team looks great. He's he's scoring a lot of points. I think he's had some tough matchups so far. And your team gets their first L of the season. Um, our last matchup um, was the closest matchup this week. It was a two-point game. We had Canes under the influence versus – John Hayden's Velvet Thunder. This game ended up being 131 to 129. So, Matt, it, it was about as close as they get, and it came down to two players on Monday night. Yeah, we wanted to do this podcast a little earlier, and, and we had to sit there and wait. We said, well, one of them eventually will break out, and that never happened. Um, it wasn't because, you know, the, the two t- guys that were going to get each other were Juju and uh, John Ross, and uh, neither one of them did much of anything. 4.5 points for Juju and 6.0 or 6.6 for John Ross. So those two guys didn't really pan out. But both of them, both teams put up a good score. You know, looking at, um, you know, just looking up and down what they did, Carson Wentz is, is playing extremely, you know, well for him this week, 25 points. And then you've got um, Daryl Williams, which is one of my darlings. Um, I, I, I like him a lot. I, I'm really thinking that, you know, Kane's team is, is looking good. Um, I've always liked, you know, I've always liked what his team looks like, and I think that he's going to continue to to put out. I think DJ Moore had a bad week this week. That'll turn around. Odell Beckham had a terrible week. 
that'll turn around. Um, and even with those, you know, those receivers that I think is, you know, one of his strengths, even with those receivers still uh, not producing, he still was able to pull off a win. And that was close. Good score for both of them. Uh, but Kane pulled it out. Yeah. And, you know, looking at the matchup, it was as close as it could be. It was almost a coin flip. Um, there were several teams that either of them could have beat this week. It was just a tough matchup. That's how it breaks sometimes. Um, looking at Hayden's team, he had um, some big performances from both Todd Gurley and Leonard Fournette, um, but his receivers kind of let him down a little bit. Obviously, you just talked about Juju. Um, with Mason Rudolph trying to figure out what they're going to do, his fantasy value has really kind of taken a hit. Diggs kind of came back up this week, but the one I want to focus on is Todd Gurley. Um, I know that everybody has been hitting the panic button on Todd, freaking out. And I get it. There's lots of reasons to concern for concern, but let's look at the facts here. Um, he has had less workload so far this year. Um, but this week, the one of the biggest concerns people had had was his lack of work in the receiving game. And this week, <laughs> The Rams went out there. They got down early, 21 to nothing. And so Jared Goff threw the ball 68 times, which is just unbelievable. Not really a recipe for success, um, but it was just kind of what it called for. And so Todd Gurley was one of the beneficial people from that. He had 11 targets this week, seven receptions for 54 yards, and he had two rushing touchdowns. And so as bad as Gurley has been so far, he hasn't been what people thought. We know he has the knee issue, but as bad as it's all been, Matt, he is still the number 13 PPR running back. I'm, so I think, yeah, you I think if this is the time, you know, I know people have sold him away. I know it's tempting to do that, but his value is as low as it can be right now. So even if you wanted to get rid of him, I would say wait for him to get um, more going for him. And I think he will because he's playing Seattle on Thursday night. And they have, in the last two weeks, given up 37 and 22 fantasy points to running backs, including 95 yards per game receiving over the last two games. So if they're going to get him more involved in the pass game, it's looking like it could be a good week for him this week. Leonard Fournette had 225 yards and no touchdowns. Uh, you love you love the 225 yards, but, man, it is brutal not to get any touchdowns. Yeah, Leonard, Leonard's had some tough chances with the touchdowns. They've, they've had some kind of tough matchups the last few weeks, too. I will say about Leonard, I know that he was a guy that both you and Hayden were pretty high on. Y'all actually traded for him in the offseason, and he is he's the number nine running back right now. But the surprising part to some, but not to you guys, was his involvement in the passing game. As far as backup running backs go, um, they don't have much there, and so he's been more involved. He's had 16 receptions through four games, and he's on pace for 60-plus receptions. So if he can return that kind of value, you're obviously looking at a guy who, because of injuries, has kind of been cast aside. I think people have forgotten what Leonard Fournette is capable of. And if you're involving him in the passing game too, he's going to return some low-end RB1s lots of weeks. Yep, I think you're absolutely right. And it doesn't help when your defense gives you negative points. I think that's always something that's uh, frustrating and difficult. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens there. All three, three he has three quarterbacks on his roster. Uh, John Hayden does, and all three of them um, put out big numbers. So um, maybe if somebody's looking for a quarterback right now, that might be a, a route for you to look at. Yeah, that, that's for sure, Matt. So that was that was our breakdown of week four. We got plenty left in the segments coming up. Um, including a special guest, so stay around and stay tuned. 
All right. So we're going to take a look at our rookies. Um, we've been doing a series where we're taking a look at some 2020 potential first round picks. And uh, tonight we have a couple of running backs. Um, I'll go ahead and start, Matt. I'm, I'm looking at Travis Etienne. Um, he is a guy who he's at Clemson. Um, he has a really unique story for some of us Louisiana guys. He actually is from Jennings and uh, went to Jennings High. And, you know, when you think about Louisiana sports, it's when you think about them getting recruited, you're like, man, they probably have to do something pretty special. Well, let me tell you, Matt, he did do some special things in high school. His senior year, he rushed for 2,459 yards with 39 touchdowns. And in his career at Jennings High, he had 8,864 8, yards with 115 total touchdowns. So that's pretty, that's pretty hard to wrap that's- my mind around. <laughs> That's, what does that say about Louisiana high school football team? That, that is what I'm saying. <laughs> so he, he was a guy yeah, who good. he got recorded. Uh, he got recruited last minute by Clemson. Um, the, the, honestly, the deal breaker for him or the deal maker was that he ran a 4.3840 at a high school oh. um, recruiting thing in New Orleans. And that really put him on the map with a lot of teams, got a lot of offers. Uh, the Clemson coach actually came to – his high school and talked with him and that kind of sealed the deal for him. So as a freshman at Clemson, he scored 13 touchdowns. Um, and then his sophomore year was when he really exploded onto the scene. He had 1,659 yards and had the FBS leading 24 touchdowns. And he had an 8.1 yards per carry, which is just unbelievable ACC player of the year. And this year um, he's rolling, rolling the ride along. Um, He's 5'11", 205. Like I mentioned earlier, he is a very speedster. Um, he was actually a track guy coming out of high school. So I look for his speed to be one of his biggest assets. So he seems like a very explosive player. But scouts say that he is also really impressive in terms of his physicality when he runs. You know, sitting around 205, they think if he can find a way to put on 5 to 10 pounds of muscle and maintain that speed, that he is just going to be a real – huge threat um and a big asset for some of these teams in 2020 this draft is so deep at running back it's got to be one of the deeper just top talent you know and i was listening to a podcast that just talked about um where you know josh jacobs would go probably between the fifth to the eighth pick and if if he was coming out in this draft that that just kind of shows you how deep it is because i think all these guys that we're talking about right now are, are the reason why, because we've got some incredible running backs coming out in this draft. My running back is um, DeAndre Swift. He is um, the running back for Georgia. He is a junior, so we're assuming he's going to come out. I think all indications are that he will come out. Uh, running backs typically get out as soon as they can. Um, it's just for their, you know, obviously for, for, you know, being hurt is a bigger issue and bigger chance. Um, he was a – he. I think he'll be a first-round First, he could be the first pick in the fantasy or dynasty draft. He could be a top three pick. He could be a top five pick. But I mean, there's so many. There's it's so deep. It's just hard to say. Um, he is a pass catcher. He is a runner. He can do the whole everything. He is. Um, he's he was a five star guy out of high school, thirty third national ranked. Um, he was the actually like the fourth ranked uh, running back out of that draft class, and he has definitely risen to the top. In 2017, he was behind. Chubb and Sonny Michelle, two two uh, guys that are, are productive and have been good in the um, in the NFL, and he still had 618 yards of rushing with three touchdowns, 
153 uh, passing yards and our reception receiving yards and a touchdown. 2018, he split carries. He only started five of the games. He still had a thousand yards of rushing with 10 touchdowns, 300 yards of receiving with three touchdowns. So, I mean, he is just, he has been impressing us for several years and continues to do that this year. He's already got 388 rushing yards with three touchdowns and, um, Man, the seventy—he has seventy-five receiving yards with a touchdown as well. He is um, the scout say he's got great vision and he makes people miss. He knows how to if if he, it's hard to get him down an open field, so um, you really have to gang tackle him and, and kind of figure out how to get him down. He's five nine, and uh, you talked about that—you know, five to ten pounds of muscle. I think he might already have that five or ten pounds. He's two hundred and fifteen pounds, ready to rock and roll. He he is he is ready to go quite possibly a top five pick in this dynasty draft. Yeah, I think when you take a look at them, you know, the the obvious advantage that DeAndre has is the um, in the passing game. He had 32 catches, I think, last year. And a lot of times scouts say you can pretty much double that number when they come into the NFL. So you're looking at a guy who could have very well close to 60 receptions. Travis, meanwhile, he's only he's only had 12 catches last year and he has 10 so far this year. So they're making an effort to get the ball to him more in the passing game but that's not hasn't really been his strength so deandre definitely has the edge there um yeah in a ppr league you want that so i mean he he almost has kind of a skill set of like a Le'Veon bill um just a really an all-around back that can do just about whatever you need him to do yeah absolutely so matt between these two guys if you if you just had to guess it's it's early they're both juniors we don't know what's going to happen but if you had to pick one of these guys which one do you think you would take It'd be hard, but just for the pass catching ability, um, being a PPR league, it has to be Swift. I mean, just for me, just just because of a PPR league, um, no doubt Etienne is is incredible as well, and and you are not disappointed if you draft. Him. Yeah, I, I have I have to agree. You know, I think DeAndre has just shown an ability to be a little more well rounded at this point. I think Travis is going to be very very explosive. Um, DeAndre just seems like he's built a little more durably, and I just think that he might have more of an impact early i think travis might be more of one of those kind of flashy big play kind of guys obviously we know that it depends on what team they end up with um but deandre certainly more well-rounded at this point so obviously so we have some incredible running backs coming into this draft um we highlighted one last week and i think these three guys are just going to absolutely pan out Yep, and we're, we'll talk about more as we go through the, the season, but I think that the three that we have mentioned are the top three. That That's your tier one. Um, now, from here, we'll kind of look at more, and obviously you have tier one of receivers as well, which we talked about Judy last week. But, um, you know, we're going to keep going down the list and keep talking about more, but these are two guys that we're both really excited about. So Yes, for sure. All right, let's move on. All right, guys, so now it is time that we go ahead and get into um, our, our league interview slash um, welcoming Kane. Uh, Kane has been in the league for this is his first year, but he's been in a lot of dynasty leagues. Uh, he says since he was 10, so for a long time he's been in dyna- uh, different leagues. This is his first dynasty league, uh, but we are just really excited to be able to kind of just sit down, look at his team. Um, you know, Ethan brought up that he kind of wanted to do this, so we said let's go ahead and give it a try. And uh, and so we're going to start with Kane. So, Kane, how are you doing, man? Doing well. Good. All right, man. So I got to start. I'm going to start right off the bat with, with a question or two. Uh, first and foremost, you join the league, a dynasty league joining and not being able to draft a team can always be difficult um, and challenging. What are your first thoughts 
when you when you got into the league and looked at your team? Uh, it was better than I thought it was going to be because I figured whoever was going to leave the, t- the league was just going to have a terrible team. And um, overall, my team wasn't too bad. It just had no running backs. So, <laughs> Yeah, I would say, you know, no doubt. I think, you know, the, the team that you got was better than I anticipated. Uh, the two teams that came in this year, I think, were decent teams coming in. Now, um, obviously, you know, your dad is, is Rebel Law, which he also came in. He's had a little bit of, you know, bad luck, but I think overall his team's not bad either, but we can talk about that another time. So, you know, first and foremost, you know, you came in and, and immediately when you get a team that you don't draft, obviously your first thoughts are going to be, how can I, how can I make it my team and not, not this team that I just got? So just going over a few of the trades that you made right off the bat, um, you immediately uh, traded me, actually. I think you and I made the very first trade that you had. Yeah, that's which right. Was, Allen Robinson for Carson Wentz. What was your thought on that? Well, first off, you offered me Carson Wentz for DJ Moore. And I first I thought, okay, that might be pretty good. And then I got like three or four more offers for more. So I had to go and like, why does everybody want DJ Moore? <laughs> and in that research, I realized that actually that's somebody I wanted in almost all of my leagues. So I, when I started looking at that, I was like, okay, I, I'm willing to do this. I have a ton of receivers, and I really need a better quarterback than Cousins. Um, so when I looked at it, I thought, well, I've already got another receiver from Chicago. He hasn't panned out too well yet, but that's more because Trubisky's terrible. Um, but <laughs> so I, I went ahead and thought, okay, this could be a good way to get a quarterback that I – like a lot more than than cousins and has a lot more team name um, application. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, and that and that's been a. I think that's been a huge part of you know being able to be in a lot of these games too. Because Wentz has put up at least twenty five points in three of the four games he's played. So I mean, he's you know he's a franchise guy. Oh, yeah. Kind of you know just I think that that was a very solid move for you because you want to get that piece right and you just don't even have to stress about it. Moving Cousins really helped you a lot and it's just paid off big there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that comes right – go right into that trade. You know, Cousins – you move Cousins right after that for a, a second-round 2020 pick. Um, and that actually was your third your third move because your second one was uh, you got uh, James Washington right. for a 2019 second-round pick and a 2020 third-round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, so you immediately, you know, I'm guessing that it's a little bit of a Homer move. Am I right or wrong on the James Washington? A little bit, but there's also some strategic, uh, stuff to it too. Like we went to the Steelers training camp and Washington was one of the guys that was really standing out and in every preseason game, he just looked incredible. And I think in every preseason game, he caught a pass of over 40 yards. Uh, and I knew that the backup, the, the guy that could be the quarterback in, in waiting played with him in college. So there was I, – I did want a Steelers receiver, and uh, John Hayden was asking way too much for Juju. So um, Washington was the second-best option. But I'm still happy with it for from a strategic standpoint as well. Yeah, and I think, I think one of the good things about that too, you know, I think that we'll see develop along – the season, as you know, is Mason Rudolph was his college teammate. Mm-hmm. And so really kind of getting to form that bond, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of pans out. Right. And no doubt Washington's going to have a lot of value going forward. I think, you know, it's hard to say because obviously the Steelers' offense has struggled a lot 
Then you got Roethlisberger going down. I mean, it's just a hard process to kind of get into. But, I mean, he's he's number two right now. So, I mean, there's no doubt that, you know, as time goes, I think he'll, you know, he'll, he'll start to emerge. Right. Um, you know, so you you got a pick back in, in the Cousins trade. So, you, you, you brought in Wentz, moved Cousins. I, I think that's a great, great move. Um, Allen Robinson, you know, for me personally, looking back at that, you didn't know what he was going to do. You know, we didn't have a clue what he could bring into the season, and that was made before the season. I think he's done all right, but from a perspective of where you were, getting Wentz is a no-brainer for you. I think that's a good good trade. Um, I, I did look at one of your uh, free agent pickups that obviously stuck out to me, and, and when we were just talking before this started, you know, you immediately uh, said, this is the one I really liked, and it was the one I had written down. Who, who was that free agent move? That was Daryl Williams for the Chiefs. Yeah, what do you what do you see in him, and what do you uh, what was your your favorite like about him? Yeah, so he was somebody that I just really needed a running back for the week, and because Kenyon Drake plays for the Dolphins, and you really don't want to start anybody from them. Um, That's true. Yeah, and so I was I didn't know what I was going to do, and at about eleven o'clock that morning, I got an update from Sleeper, which is actually my favorite thing about Sleeper is that updates come through from them way before anybody else. And it said, it looks like Daryl Williams is running with the first team today and is going to be the starter. So I picked him up and immediately put him in the lineup. And he ended up producing well that week and then scored two touchdowns for me this week. So, No doubt. He's, he's, been, he's been good. I mean, I, I actually made a trade for him in a different league, uh, and I really like him. The, everything I've heard about him sounds like he could do something special in the next – throughout the season could even become the number one uh, back for uh, Andy Reid. And I think we all know how the, how the backs for Andy Reid look. So right. um, I think that's a great pickup for you. That could be that running back that you really need. Maybe that could kind of pull you through, you know, just kind of evaluating top to bottom, you know, Calvin, you can kind of give your opinion on his team, but you know, for me personally, you know, I think you have a good team, solid top to bottom. I think, you know, you're obviously extreme. I think you're look great at wide receiver you're probably one or even maybe two running backs away from kind of making a run. Um, now you have to decide what, what's willing, you know, what you're willing to give up to make that run. And I, you know, that, that's something every owner has to ask um, themselves, but I guess at what point do you say I can make this run or I need to start looking for the future? What are your thoughts on that? Case? Well, like you said, I definitely have a weakness at running back. Uh, I really need – and now I need two because Eckler was was turning out to be something great for me. And then uh, he did so well. And John Calvin told him last week he ended up coming back. And so <laughs> now he's not going to be quite what what he could have been. So I think I do need two running backs to really have a solid team. And at this point, I'm not sure how I'm going to be able to pull that off. Um, I know that I I know I have a very strong weakness at receiver and going forward, I'm going to be really strong at tight end with both Kelsey and TJ Hawkinson. But I'm just I'm not quite comfortable starting Hawkinson yet because you just don't know what he's going to be. And he got that injury this week. I, the injury looks like it's going to be okay. Yeah, he doesn't, yeah. Uh, every, all signs point to him being back pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, he's he's definitely good for the dynasty aspect of it, but I don't. I'm not sure if I can quite u- move Kelsey yet. So, 
Yeah, and I and I think one of the things to point out too, Kane, through through the at least the three games so far this year, you are actually have scored the third most points in the league. It's just unfortunate because you have had the most points scored against you in the league. So you've just had a lot of tough matchups for sure. Um, I think you're definitely right about Eckler. We'll have to see what happens. Um, I'll talk, um, you know, I've read about Anthony Lynn talking about Melvin Gordon being that he was the number one and that was going to happen, which is, you know, really, I'm just not sure how it's going to pan out. I mean, Eckler is the number two running back through four weeks so i i really think there's going to be more of a timeshare than they're laying on but you're right it is a timeshare so it's gonna it's gonna kind of hinder that a little bit um yeah eckler's still gonna have probably have uh rb2 potential especially with his uh receiving game he's gonna have a lot more receptions than gordon does for sure and you know i think it's just a couple of bad breaks i have Kenyon drake in another league you know he's a guy who finished top 15 in ppr last year and just no one expected going into this year that miami would be as bad as they are right when they really started tanking right before the season started um and so that it's just a couple of tough breaks with stuff like that yeah with with drake if it wasn't a dynasty league i I probably would have dropped them already yeah He's a, he's you never got, know. He can be traded. Yeah, he's got too much value moving forward to to move him right now. Well, I mean, I guess that's a, you know a message for the league. I mean, you know, everybody listening to this podcast, you know, if you have an extra running back, maybe Kane's a guy that might be willing to make a trade. That is true. That is true. Um, maybe make a move to kind of make that run because I think your team is like you like like John Calvin said. You know, it's you're third in the league in scoring. There's no reason for you to, to not think that you have a, a chance because if you can sneak in the playoffs, you can make a run and you just never know. So, yeah. you know, if, if, if that's where you're at, which I think, you know, in my opinion, if I had your team, I'd probably be there. I'd be saying, what can I do to make mm-hmm. this run? Um, so no doubt about it. If, if you have a running back out there and you want to move them, this might be your option right here um, with Kane's team. So Everybody take note. I am also very deep at receiver. So if you need a receiver, come to me. And you've always – Always got them draft picks. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, Kane, uh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to keep you on for the rest of the podcast just to kind of go through some different things. I just, you know, you can do your studs and duds, and you're also going to help us with our next week's picks. That way, we're not the only ones that are making mistakes throughout the week on our studs <laughs> and duds and our picks. You can join us in that uh, wonderful uh, uh, trial and error, if you will. Yeah. So, uh, let's go ahead and move along to studs and duds. All right. All right, everybody. So we're going to take a look at our studs and duds. Matt, last week, you know, for me, if it would have been studs and studs, I would have been in good shape. I got to be honest. Um, whenever whenever we had our um, studs and duds kick off, I, I had Devontae Adams um, on Thursday night. And I, I got to tell you, I, I thought Scott Van Pelt was going to call me and, and invite me to his show because I was looking good. <laughs> I was feeling good. And then Nick Chubb went and did what he did. And, uh, you know, now I, I feel like I shouldn't be – a host on this podcast so <laughs> I, I think it's effectively you are the dud <laughs> yeah i think i think you're right i think i am you know i uh it was definitely a roller coaster for me in terms of my picks um i you know Devonte really played very well um he had 100 yards in the first quarter um and they were feeding him and I, he could have had even more if he hadn't got injured so it was it was a fun pick there Nick Chubb had the third most rushing yards against the Ravens in their franchise history with 165 and three touchdowns. So 
Brandon Williams was a late scratch for the Ravens at defensive tackle, and apparently that just opened up the heavens for him. Um, it was it was pretty brutal, I'll be honest. No doubt it was a pretty good talk in the uh, chat that everybody now wants you to pick them as a dud. <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> and I'm welcoming you to continue doing that with my team if you'd like. Yeah. Um, for me, I had uh, I had a, my, my stud for the week was Chris Carson. He had an all right game. He, he ended up with 17 or 18 points. Um, he did not fumble. So that's the first time of the season that he did not fumble. Um, but overall, I think, you know, he did, had a pretty good game. Obviously not that 20-something or, you know, 30 um, that we would love to see, but it wasn't a bad game for him. And I think, you know, he, depending on, you know, how things look to go forward, I think I think he should look all right. Um, my dud last week was uh, was Jones, right? Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones. My computer is shut down on me again. Can you go – can you read the stats on the Aaron Jones this week? John Calvin. Yeah, absolutely. Let me pull that up. While he's doing that, you know, first and foremost, immediately, right off the bat, um, the backup goes down, gets hit in the head, gets concussed, is out. I mean, that 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 is one of the biggest reasons why I picked him as a dud because I felt like he was starting to lose carries and slowly but surely he was losing, um, you know, losing the opportunity that that he was even the starting back. So. Seeing that happening, you know, was my biggest reason for the stud. And then all of a sudden, you know, he goes down immediately. Go ahead. What were his stats? Yeah. And so Aaron Jones had 13 for 21 and a touchdown. And he had six catches for 37 yards. So really not a great football game. Just uh, it ended up being 17 points of fantasy because of that touchdown. Which is not a dud, in my opinion. So I did. I, I will say I missed on that. But I do believe when, you know, Jamal Williams getting hurt is the biggest reason for that, that struggle. So um, let's go ahead and just move right in. Uh, I can honestly say that, you know, maybe not listening to us on studs and does is the best option, (laughs) (laughs) but we'll try it again. Anyhow. Um, First, my dud is Amari Cooper. I know that's a surprise. Yeah. Kind of a rough week last week. Um, against Lattimore, and this week is not going to be any easier, if not harder. He's going against a Green Bay defense that is fifth best against the pass. Um, I think, you know, just based on how games have gone recently for Green Bay, that, you know, Zeke could have a good game this week, but Cooper's going to suffer. Um, Jair Alexander is the cornerback for the Packers that absolutely shut down um, Ashawn Jeffries. Gave him, he had nine targets, but only three catches for 38 yards. He did get a touchdown, but really had a, a, a strong performance against him. And no doubt he'll be covering Amari Cooper right um, the entire game. So that is my dud. Go ahead, uh, whoever. Can you go ahead? Yeah. Um, I was thinking about duds for this week. I really wanted to go with the uh, the Titans receiving core playing against that Bills defense for a few yeah. reasons. But but then I started looking about the Baker Mayfield's matchup, and I really had to go with him uh, because for a lot of reasons, really. And if, it, if this was Gardner Minshew in the exact same position, I, I would go ahead and put him as a stud because Minshew turned <laughs> out to be everything that we wanted uh, Baker to be. <laughs> um, but with, with Mayfield, uh, I, just, I just don't have enough confidence in this game. Uh, First off, it's on Monday Night Football, and that's a really big prime, prime time stage for an immature, interception-prone quarterback. 
and uh, the but the Browns they're coming off of the of a really big rivalry win with the with the Ravens against the Ravens, and it was one of Baker's better games of his career so far. But that really takes a lot out of you as a player and as a team, and that it doesn't bode well for the next week, especially when you have to travel across the country and play in San Francisco. Uh, Baker's only played one game on the West Coast. That was last year against the Raiders. Uh, if you don't remember, the Raiders were last year's Dolphins for a while. Yes. And that game ended up being the Raiders' only win in the first nine weeks. Uh, Baker had – he was only 21 of 41, 295 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. It's a, it's an okay line. For, against most teams, but again, against that Ravens or Raiders defense, that's just not very good. Um, and so, with that going all the way across the country and playing that 49ers defense, which is which is a re- has been a really solid defense so far, uh, I had no confidence in him. And then, on top of that, that defense is is coming off of a bye, and so they're going to be really worn down from that Ravens game with a very fresh 49ers defense. And I just I just don't see much out of him this week. Yeah, and I might be an alert for the uh, entire Browns receiving core as well. All right, Calvin, you're up. All right, so I'm a, I'm a little hesitant to pick duds this week, you know, with how last week turned out. But I'm actually going to go with another running back. I'm going to go Josh Jacobs. Um, he's having to play the Bears defensive unit. They obviously we know how good their defense is, um, but they are third in the league this year so far with 61 and a half yards per game rushing um, only 117 yards per game total to running back so far. Um, They're giving up just 3.0 yards per carry, which is second in the league and the bears just to add a cherry on top for that defense in their last 37 games, they have only given up one 100 yard rusher. So, you know, I just think that, with that unit and the way that they're playing, I think it's going to be very tough for Josh to get much going. I think the Raiders are going to have to, um, you know, turn to passing the ball a little bit. Um, last week we saw them shut down Dalvin Cook in that Minnesota run game that was just absolutely rolling. So if you have him, I'm sure you're starting him, but just be be cautious. I think that he could have a down week in terms of scoring. Okay, and let's move right along to our studs. My stud for this week, and this is special just for you, Kane. My stud for this week is Allen Robinson. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He has had had at least seven targets every game. Um, One game he had 13 targets, um, but every other game he's had seven. Several of those games, two of those games, he caught all seven of those targets. Um, Chase Daniels is going to more than likely be the quarterback. I'm I'm, I'm assuming uh, – I know that um, Trubisky got hurt and his non-throwing shoulder was dislocated, but um, I would guess he's at least going to miss a week or two. Uh, but Chase Daniels pretty much played the entire game last time. Didn't didn't affect him much. Still, um, I think he's going to have a big game, especially against um, the fifth worst pass defense in Oakland. Not to mention Oakland is missing – Perfect, which I'm not saying Burke is, is going to be a huge aspect of that. I'm not saying Perfect brings a lot, but he, he is a, a leader on the team, and he does bring a lot in the middle of the field. Um, so regardless of how you feel about Perfect, I think that this defense is going to struggle, and I think that Allen Robinson will take advantage. 
All right, Kane. All right. Stud for the week. Two things about that: the the Bears are probably better off with Daniels, and Burfick being out greatly raises the chances of your receiver uh, finishing the game. So. <laughs> That's probably true. That's probably true. Uh, so yeah, my my stud of the week is uh, is going to be David Johnson. Uh, you know, we we've seen in the past what he can be when that offense is is rolling but we haven't seen it so far this year. And, uh, but even despite how that young offense, he was, he was a first round draft pick this year, but the, the most of the problems in that offense this year have been the, just the youth uh, of, of Kyler Murray at quarterback of all the, the receivers that they drafted or picked up uh, in free agency. And then of course they've still got Fitzgerald, but that's, that's kind of the opposite problem. Um, but that that defense hasn't quite come to, or that offense hasn't quite come together yet. But the they're playing the Bengals this week, and that rush defense is absolutely terrible. Uh, in fact, it's the second worst behind Miami, who I'm not even really considering as a team at this point. <laughs> um, Definitely a college team, right, but I don't yeah. know about pro. Right. So I, I think that that a chance to play against the Bengals is can be something that can really kickstart an offense that's struggling. And I think that's, what's going to happen this week. I think that, that the biggest weakness in the uh, Cardinals offense right now is the offensive line. Uh, and so Johnson's just had no room so far, but what's worse than their offensive line is the Bengals defensive line. So they're going to be able to push them around there and he's going to be able to run wild a little bit so all right john calvin yeah and i and i just wanted to tack on to the david johnson comment he is also you know it's been tough sledding on the ground for him as far as running but he has been very involved in the past game so far um you know he's had at least nine targets in three of the four games so i think that's another area that just kind of proves kane's point that he's he's going to put up some big numbers this week um I also, for my stud, I, I, I'm going to take Travis Kelsey. Um, he has a matchup against the Colts this week. They are the third worst rated defense against tight ends so far this year. They're giving up an average of 18.1 fantasy points per game to tight ends with a line of nine catches, 87 yards, and a touchdown. And so if we know anything about Travis Kelsey, we know that he is an elite tight end. So, Kane, I'm sure you're liking hearing this with having Kelsey this week. Um he has had at least 85 yards in every game so far this year. Um, he has um, had 100 yards in one of those games, and he's had at least eight targets in every game this year. So I think Travis Kelsey is going to get the ball a lot this game. That's that. Yeah, I think that all those are are. Yeah, there's no there's no question that the Kansas City D, uh, offense is going to continue to flow. I know they had kind of a, a little bit of a hiccup last week, but it's going to get right back on track. Um, these guys are next level. And probably, I mean, probably the best offense in the league. Um, I don't think many people would even argue with that. So, um, all right, uh, let's go ahead and move on. We're going to keep moving, keep flowing. We're going to move on to uh, the picks of the next week, next week dynasty picks. All right, let's go ahead and look at these picks. Uh, first first of all, I guess we got to go with uh, John Calvin. Uh, how did our last week picks look? You know, we did pretty well, Matt. Um, you actually finished five and one on your picks, and I finished four and two. The difference for us was the Hayden versus Kane matchup, actually, which came down to two points. 
um, between that and Kane pulled that out. Um, we were both wrong on John Jr. against John Sr. So other than that, we did pretty great, actually. Well, I think that uh, five and one, I'll take that any day, you know. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty good, man. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's go ahead and get into the matchups. All right. So looking at this for week five, we're going to start. Um, first off, we're going to look at John Jr.'s team, Poundtown Express, versus Ebart's team, Yippie Kaye, Justin Tucker. So Some creative names, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's something else, man. I'll tell you. <laughs> um, so looking at this matchup, Kane, who do you like for this one? Uh, I think I'm. I like Pound Town Express on this one. Yeah, I think yeah. I'm gonna have to agree with you on that. I just think he. Um, I think he's got some players that have some really good matchups. You mentioned David Johnson earlier and Dak Prescott. I think he'll have a little bit of a bounce back week. I know Green Bay's been a little tough, but I think they got exposed a little bit against Philadelphia. Looking at looking at Ebard's team, I think that he's got a lot of stuff happening. Like he's got Melvin Gordon. I think he will be back this week. Last week, you know, he wasn't. Um, but I think he will be back this week. Derrick Henry could look good this week. Uh, Buffalo is kind of tough, but um, I like his team, you know, with uh, Lamar Jackson and everything. But um, just it's hard to – it's hard to – just because of how the production has looked so far this year, I'm going to have to go with Pound Yeah, Pounds I really first. like O.J. Howard for, for Ebart this week, though. I think that eventually they're going to have to get him more involved in that offense, and I think this could be the week for that, so – yeah, I and agree. I like Samuel a lot for uh, San Fran yeah. as well. Yeah, so for sure. I think man. he's got a good team. I just, uh, I, I mean, it, it, I would not be surprised even a little bit if uh, Ebart pulls it off. But I'm going to go with Poundtown. All right, moving along, we're going to look at uh, Luda's team, Dirty Pop versus Bandy's team, the Bandy's Bandits. So we got a matchup here, um, guys. I'll go ahead and start with this one. I think I'm going to have to go with Dirty Pop on this one, I think Mahomes is going to have a bounce back game. What's sad is that, you know, he had 18, 20 fantasy points that it was a down game for him with not throwing a hundred touchdowns. So I look to have for him to have a pretty good bounce back. Um, I think, I think that, you know, Luda's team is kind of rolling into it. So I'm going to have to go with him this week. I, I would be on the same page. I think Mahomes, you can't keep him down two weeks in a row. Um, you know, I think Connor is going to be going against a Baltimore defense. I got beat up pretty bad against the rush last week. Um, and then Adams, they are really just watching that game. If he plays and he's hundred percent, um, there is no question that they are feeding him the ball. So, um, I, and Chris Godwin, I mean, it's either Mike Evans or Chris Godwin every week. So if he's the one for this week, he's going to do really well also. So I'm going to go with Luda. All right, Kane, how about you? I'm going to have to agree with Luda for this one. Uh, I really like the uh, the Godwin matchup with New Orleans. Um, you know, one or both of them is going to score at least two touchdowns. And also, I, I think this could be the week that they start getting Will Fuller re-involved in that offense. So, oh, yeah. haters going to hate. I, I, let's uh, let's take a step back and realize that uh, you would have probably said the same thing about the Cowboys last week, but that That's same true. defense is uh, not quite as weak as we thought. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, and it's, but it's also, you know, it's important to mention that Marshawn Lattimore isn't going to be covering both him and Mike right. Evans. So, I, think, yep. I think it's a good point there with Godwin. I think we could see him get some yards. Absolutely. All right, cool. Well, let's move along to the next one. We have actually Matt's team, One Country Man, against Rebel Law. 
which is actually Kane's dad's team. Yeah. So let's take a look at that. A, um, he's no longer one country man, though. Oh, that's right. Not, he he changed um, his team to haters gonna hate. Yeah. Yes, yes, I did. Um, actually, my team name is Baker's yeah. Chub. Nice. So, so that is your username. Yeah. Yes, my username is haters gonna hate because my other league that I'm in, uh, there's a lot of haters. You know. All right, cool. Well, Matt, why don't you get us started then? All right. I uh, I mean, the matchups, again, are kind of tough for me. I think Dalvin Cook going against New York is going to be good for me. Um, I think uh, you look at Chubb going against San Fran on the road, he's going to be difficult. But last week he had a difficult matchup and he went off. So um, Michael Thomas is going to look good against Tampa Bay. Just going through the teams, I mean, I have good matchups. Um, Oakland with uh, Robinson and – then, you know, he's got a Galladay on by, so he's got a couple things that he's got to deal with um, on his end. And, you know, my biggest concern um, would be, you know, just having having to deal with the bye weeks and really kind of having to figure that out. And then also another huge concern is, um, you know, he's, if, if he is staying with, with you know, Jones, which I, I would assume he's going to change because they're going against Minnesota, um, that's going to be a tough matchup for him. But golf is going against Seattle on Thursday. So we'll see what he does with that. But my pick would be this week will be me. All right, Kane, how about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it and uh, there's, there's a lot of tough matchups on both sides here. Uh, and the, right now the spread is pretty wide, but it's going to, it's going to close up once he fixes his bye weeks. Up. Um, let's see. Honestly, I think the best quarterback start for me is Kyle Allen this week. With against Jacksonville, yeah, absolutely. Kyle Allen or, or Jared Goff. Yeah. Seattle hadn't hadn't done much. Bridgewater did pretty well against yeah. him, and he hasn't shown as much. Yeah, um, just because I'm talking to Matt, I'm going to pick my dad. All okay. right, upset alert. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, cool. Well, I'm looking at it, and you know, again, y'all have emphasized the tough matchups for Matt. I think the thing that stands out to me though is. The, his receivers, you know, if Evans is shadowed mm-hmm. by Marshawn, that might be a little tougher. We know he plays up to opponents, but you still got Allen Robinson going against Oakland and Michael Thomas against Tampa. Um, I think Matt pulls it out, but I think it might be a little closer than the experts predict. I would agree with that. All right, moving right along, we're going to look at actually my matchup. With John Hayden, it's Storm Coopers versus Velvet Thunder. So, Kane, why don't you go ahead and start with this one? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with the Storm Coopers on this one. Uh, you know, it, you live or die with the with the Cowboys, and they've got a, a more difficult matchup this week. But you, you got to think at least one of them is going to going to go off a little bit. And you you still you got some tough matchups, but it's just it's hard to pull against or point. All right. What about you, Matt? I think it's going to be a closer game than we think. I mean, you just feel like all his entire team is going to break out any week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fournette had a good game last week. I, I would assume that he'll continue that. I think Gurley looks, you know, look, I'm just waiting for Gurley to do something special. I think he could any week. Um, Phillip Rivers, I don't know if he'll start Rivers or he'll start Jameis because Jameis is going against New Orleans. But if he starts Jameis, you know, that'll help him quite a bit. Um and then you've got, you know, you've got Cooper going against Green Bay. You know how I feel about him based on my dud for the week. Um, and then McCaffrey, it's hard to go against, 
your team. However, I'm going to pick this upset for Jay Hay 12. All right. Well, so I'll, I'll say for me, um, I, you know, I think, I think it is going to be a close matchup. I think Hayden's had some bad breaks with um, usage of players. I think, you know, the uh, Vikings receivers have been pretty vocal about getting the ball this week. I think that is going to happen against the Giants. So I think this, you know, Diggs actually had a good 100-yard game last week. I think they'll continue to – they're going to throw it more than they probably have um, in the in the past week. I think it's very tight, too. Um, I have some matchups that aren't great. Um, however, I'm going to pick my team. Okay. Okay, so moving on to our second-to-last matchup. Um, we've got Kane's team under the influence, which might be my favorite league name, I'll be honest, <laughs> um, versus the Rasta Wizards, which is John Sr.'s team. So I'll go ahead and start with this one, guys. Um, right now we kind of – it's projected 133 versus 112. Um, you know, I – I'm interested to see how Aaron Rodgers does against that Dallas defense. They look pretty tough. Um, that pass rush is very good, and I, I know that there have been some more issues than anticipated as far as um, pass blocking for Green Bay so far. I think it's going to be tough sledding for the running backs, so we'll see if Aaron Rodgers can work some magic. But that is a big one for me, you know, with him having Cam Newton hurt. And so maybe he rolls the dice. Maybe he plays Kyler against that Cincinnati defense. That's pretty terrible. I'm just not sure what his plan is yet. Um, however, I think I'm going to have to go Kane's team. Um, I think I don't think we're going to see as much Melvin this week as people might think. Although there's been a vote of confidence that he is the starter, I think that Eckler's just done so well that they're. I would think that they're going to kind of ease him back into that role a little more. Um, so I look for him to do pretty well. And you know, as I mentioned, as my stud of the week, I think Travis Kelsey is going to have a huge game. Yeah, I think it comes down to Eckler. Um, well, you know, if will Melvin Gordon be back fully or not is the question that it all comes down to. Um, if he is and Eckler loses some time. Um, and then you also have, you know, Darrell Williams. We talked, you know, really highly of him earlier in the podcast. Um, but the truth is, we don't know what's going to happen, you know, when will he become the third string this week um, or will he not when Damian Williams comes back? So, you know, there's a lot of questions, I think, you know, and then you look at, you know, his receiving, um, you know, I, I'm i really – my heart says that you should go with Kane, but with Odell going against San Fran, Calvin Ridley going against Houston um, – I'm going to have to go with Rasta on this one. I think if it was me, I know that Dallas defense is tough, but we're talking about Aaron Rodgers, um, so I I wouldn't care. There's no way I would start um, Kyler Murray over Aaron Rodgers regardless of the matchup. All right. So I will go with Okay, Kane, and what about you? Yeah, I'm not too confident in this one, uh, because especially because of that Eckler situation. I do think that he's played well enough that they're not going to be able to take him out of the offense completely. Uh, I think that uh, you were right in that um, he had to come back earlier than he was expecting because he was losing money by the week. And I think Eckler is still going to be involved in that passing attack, but it's just how many carries is he going to get? If 
I think if he can get eight to ten a week, then I'm still going to be solid there. I don't like my receiver matchups, but I do like that Kelsey matchup. But then I look at the other side, and he's got some pretty tough matchups too. So, yeah, I am still going to pick myself. I just am not greatly confident about it. Yeah, understandable for sure. And then our actually our game of the week, we saved it for last. Based on the projection points, there's only a four-point spread right now. It is between Brandon's team, Goon Squad, and Ballsy's team, Ballsy, Ballsy's Bears. Um, if, if we kind of look at this matchup, Matt, what stands out to you? Which, which way are you leaning? Oh, man. I tell you, this week has probably been the most challenging week to make picks because it seems like this is everything's kind of tightening up now that the, everybody's kind of getting more comfortable in the offenses and um, we're starting to see different things. But, I mean, all I have to do is look at Brady against Washington. Um, it, it That Washington defense is absolutely horrible. And if you ask me, there's no question that Brady will come in and just absolutely light it up. Um, so, in my opinion – he does have some tough matchups with receivers, but saying all that, I think it is going to be hard. Now, saying that also, Ballsy has Philip Dorsett on the other side. So if you pass it to Philip Dorsett, there's going to be some counteracting. Gallman will have another week um, to show out. So it's a tough matchup, man. Oh, it's yeah, the hardest yeah. one. Um, I am going to go with Oh, man. Goon Squad. Oh, that's tough. All right. Yeah. I mean, this is a, this is definitely a tough matchup. You know, that's why it's their game of the week. Kane, how about you? Yeah. Um, I like Goon Squad at, at quarterback. But then again, the running backs are pretty close. I don't like that Kamara matchup too much. It's in red. Um, but And I like McCoy. It's interesting. I'm interested to see what Gallman does, how how much they're going to feed him. But then again, they're against Minnesota. Both yeah. people have somebody catching balls against Pittsburgh's defense. Um, I I think because of the the amount of carries that Gallman's going to be picking up and I think he's going to be getting some in the, and, and then that McCoy matchup with the other injuries uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Ballsy alright yeah I, I think I'm actually leaning Ballsy too this week um, you know Brandon's team is 3-1 Ballsy's team is 2-2 two and two, and this is you know pretty important game as far as you're starting to kind of see what your team can do I do like the Tom Brady matchup a lot I think you know every time he has a bad week I think he just bounces back with a crazy performance so i do i do like that matchup however i like deshaun against the atlanta defense as well i think that's a team that's just kind of reeling at this point um deshaun had a tough week last week against carolina and he's kind of been you know it's kind of been a little bit of a roller coaster with him he's had 37 points 12 points 37 points and 12 points on the season so far so the pendulum's been swinging pretty wide on that but I think that he will have a good week at home against Atlanta. I think that could be pretty big. I don't necessarily love the Tyler Lockett matchup against the Rams on Thursday night just because it's a Thursday night game, but I actually think the difference maker for this week is going to be the Chicago Bear defense. Um, I know they're going to Oakland, 
but defense travels and they are playing lights out right now. So I think this could be a week where they have another double digit um, fantasy point scoring. And I think that could be the difference. Uh, yeah, there's no question that that it's going to be tight. So ha- did we pick a unanimous at all? I think we only, I, I think we might've only had one or two, but not very many. It seems like there's a lot of split decisions this week. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really interesting week of fantasy football for this league, and I'm looking forward to um, seeing what happens. Uh, you know, the, really the standings, you know, aren't – we're not separated by too much, and I think that anything could happen, and, and this week's going to be a big part of the final outcome for the season. So, um, well, guys, I believe that's it. That, that's our picks for the week. And, you know, all we have left to do now is uh, get excited about next week's fantasy football matchups. Thank you all so much for listening to our podcast this week. Uh, this is our league's podcast that we look forward to doing it every single week. Thank you special uh, to Kane for helping out this week. We look forward to hearing y'all's comments, how, how much you liked it, things that you would like to see us improve. And uh, we look forward to doing this for y'all in the future. Good luck to everybody's uh, matchups this week, and we'll talk to you later. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dynasty Podcast. We are so excited about this week. Man, we had some guys that just blew up this week, scored points that we've never seen before, and we had some guys that just did not produce that we normally see producing. So we're really looking forward to this week. We have Kane with us today instead of John Calvin, uh, and we also are going to be interviewing Ethan, one of our Dynasty Fantasy owners. So we're really looking forward to it. Let's go ahead and get into this episode. <laughs>